Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul. I am promoting pathological positivity on this show today. I'm trying that out as a new phrase. you like that, Owen? I like it, yes. I guess I'd introduce you, too. Here we've been chatting for 15 minutes or so, but so that our listeners know who's with me today. I am here in studio today with Mr. Owen Ashton. Owen is an author, a speaker. We're going to get to some of that in just a few minutes. But you come from a background of corporate America, right? That is correct. Is that a fair term to use? Big business America, yes. Big business. You have worked your entire career. You're now retired from that. Correct. But your entire career as an accountant, a CPA, right? Right. I was with... Uh, the big four CPA firms, uh, mm-hmm. first nine years of my career, and then I was in financial management positions with mostly with large telecommunication companies for mm-hmm. uh, most of the rest of my career. So these are pretty important positions that you've held in big companies. Well, that's what I told my kids. That's what yeah. you t- <laughs> <laughs> And they believe anything yeah, you say, Yeah, absolutely. Right? But the, okay, so you can't hear here. You spent your career in corporate America, but you're talking and speaking and writing about something that is really important to me, really near and dear to my heart. Because I'm a psychologist, I've spent my entire career working with people to to help them take control of their lives and feel feel good, have fantastic relationships, to get out of their own way. And the thing that you're speaking and writing about is depression. Right. How depressing is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, why? Well, um, let me just tell a quick story. About five years ago, Mm -hmm. I was going on a hike up into the Wasatch Mountains east of our home Mm -hmm. in in, um, Salt Lake Valley. Mm -hmm. And I hiked up for about an hour and a half. I looked back over the valley... And the valley wasn't there. It was a big bowlful of suds. So oh, the valley yeah. was having one of its awful temperature inversions during the winter. And if any of you are familiar with this, it, when a temperature inversion hits the Salt Lake Valley, it just it fogs over. Every, it's not really fog, though. It's smog, and it's... Gunk. It's gunk. It's haze is what they call it. But it, it's thick. You can't even see through it. And that's what you're referring to. Yes. And Mm -hmm. as I stood there and I looked down on it, Mm -hmm. I thought, back when I was in it, I didn't realize just how polluted and foggy and gunky it really was. But once I got up above it and looked down on it, I could see it for what it was. And the clear mountain air and the sunshine felt especially good. And I Mm. thought back at that a lot as that was a metaphor of my life. That for many oh. years, I lived with chronic clinical depression and some generalized anxiety, too, and, there, mm-hmm. and very low self-esteem. 
but I wasn't aware of it for a lot of that period. And uh, I knew it that just there felt was, normal to you. Yeah, it felt normal, but I knew that I had issues, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what they were. And then, um, and then at one point, we had just moved to California for a, a position. Mm-hmm. And my wife came to me and said, Owen, you're a workaholic. You're never around. And when you are here, you're kind of aloof. You really need to get help. And I would have done anything for my wife because I loved her. But I could tell that she was headed up to here with me. And so I didn't see the need. I knew there were issues, but I didn't think I needed counseling or anything like that. You know, I wasn't that kind of help. (laughs) Uh Uh But I went just for her. And that started a 15-year Oh, experience, and and we moved several times for for my work, and so Mm -hmm. it wasn't just with one therapist, but a series of therapists that was just a a wonderful experience of self-discovery and just feeling, Mm. getting to feel comfortable with myself and understanding some of my issues, some of my teenage experiences that had an impact on me negatively Mm -hmm. and so forth, Mm -hmm. And, and I got to just a much better place where I, I understood what my issues were. I, I learned much better how to um, kind of manage them. Hmm. And, so that, and so I felt a lot better. My kids have told me that they've noticed big differences in me. I'm just more at ease. I joke around more. They like being around me more. People <laughs> like My wife likes being around me more. Yeah, they could actually tolerate me. And, uh, and that has just been a wonderful wow. experience. Let's, can we just pick that apart a little bit? Sure. I like this metaphor that you shared, you know, as you were hiking up the mountain and literally rising above the haze and the gunk and the soup that was right. down in the valley. Right. And, and thinking back on it, you didn't see that it was that bad. Right. Until you got above it. And then the contrast showed you. And I'm looking at your book right now. It's called, actually, the title is Rising Above Fog. And then there's this graphic, a picture on there of mountains up in this clear, pristine air. And the fog is down below and you can't even see into it. Right. And this is what you've been describing right. as, as having been your life. So you're getting up, you're going to work, you're doing your job, and yet... There's this fog, this gunk, this just oppressive stuff going on. Yeah, and and it affected a lot of different things. And a lot of those earlier years, as I look back on it now, it was like Mm -hmm. I got up every day and it was like jumping onto a treadmill and just Mm. walking, you know, going Going through the motions and then coming home and. And and doing family duties, and then mm-hmm. I I was involved in scouting a lot of the time as a, an adult mm-hmm. leader. So I go and do those things. But there was just a, although I I I kind of enjoyed some of that. There was just a lot of drudgery yeah. in life, and there just wasn't. I didn't really ever give myself too much permission to do things just for myself. So, oh. You know what, Ellen, as you're sharing this, and I've, I've got some experience with this since I've, I've worked in the industry for so long mm-hmm. as a psychologist, but I'm thinking how many, how many people out there in corporate America or anywhere really in our families, in our communities, 
have the same kind of thing going on? Yeah, it's a good question, and I think that there's a lot of it. Statistics say that in a given year, it's like 25% of of Americans um, experience some kind of diagnosable mm-hmm. mental illness that should be treated. And of those, I believe the statistic is 40% receive no treatment. Is, is that consistent with, with your experience? And but you that's know, what I I've d- heard. And, and I don't have the statistics right in front of me. It would be interesting to look at that, but I don't think that that's overestimated, mm-hmm. it, just given my experience. And it would be interesting to look that up and see yeah. what it is specifically. But let's just assume that that's true. If that were true, then what that means is you go to work or you show up in, in a civic organization or your church or wherever, and you look around and one out of every four is going to have some kind of diagnosable, treatable condition. Right. And half of them are not receiving any right. kind of help for it. And I think that part of the reasons for that, uh, the, some of the reasons may be that, like me, they were unaware of it. I think some may be partially aware of it or whatever, but especially when you're in business, the stigma, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and you don't want other people to look at you as being one of those mental illness cases and so forth. And yeah. I think that I think that keeps a lot of people from from uh, seeking help. Even in my situation, I, I went to therapy on and off for years. Mm-hmm. I never filed an insurance claim because, oh, really? because I didn't want any of my, the and I know how this information and, kind of bubbles back and I didn't yeah. want anybody to know about that. And, and we were financially doing pretty well. And so we could have absorbed that, but I think there are a lot of people that probably can't, and mm-hmm. and so that you you just get kind of stuck in a very difficult situation because there's a little stigma to it oh, too, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, is that part Absolutely. of what made it hard for you to to seek some assistance in the first place? Probably, pro- mm-hmm. pro- pro- and it was mostly on my case. It was unawareness mm-hmm. um, of just what what the issues were, and and there was actually a solution. There was actually a a better way to to feel and and live. Once you saw that, it was easy to to enroll yourself in pursuing well, it that. Was, it was interesting that, um, like I said, when I first got into it, I, I didn't see a, the need. Um, uh, but as I got into it more, and I just started exploring some of the challenges that I had, it just felt so good to get it off my, my shoulders, get it off my chest. And I was one that... Um, when I grew up, I, I just learned the way I coped was just keeping everything inside, keeping all my emotions, feelings, and everything inside. And uh, just that kind of thing builds up, and that's how you kind of think life is supposed to go and, mm. and how you cope with stuff like that. And, and so yeah. that's, that's what I did. And we practice believing certain things that aren't, aren't even true. But we get into the habit of believing those things, and then it just it becomes this vicious cycle where you get stuck in it. Yeah, another thing, another uh, challenge that I had, although I was really unaware of it, is I was constantly giving myself negative messages, negative self-talk, you know, in my mind, over and over and over again, you know. Mm. Am I okay? I shouldn't have done that. What are Uh. they thinking about me? And Mm -hmm. just constantly over and over again, which I, I think not only creates depression but a lot of anxiety and 
Oh, you're, yeah. You're, you're not, you're just captive within yourself mm-hmm. of all of these unsurfaced kind of demons down in you, uh, you know, of, uh, that, that you just don't have an aware of, awareness of. And so that was one thing that was just great with the psychotherapy is, is just to be able to get that out and get rid of a lot of it and see it for what it was. So I'm observing something else here, too. Here, here you were a generally successful contributor to these companies uh-huh. that you were working with. Uh, you were making a decent income. It's not like... It's, I think sometimes the picture of depression is, you know, somebody who can't even get out of bed and, and uh, you know, they're just not functioning. But here you have a family and a, a good job, and still this was part of your, part of your life. Right, right on. How do you... Just from being inside of it like that, Owen, how do you see this impacting just people's experience in life? And it might come out in in income or relationships or wherever it is. What's the impact of this kind of thing? Oh, I I think it impacts a lot of areas. First and foremost, it impacted my relationship with my wife. And we've Mm -hmm. we've Mm -hmm. been happily married for over 35 years now. But a lot of that is that my wife is just a wonderful trooper, and she just put up with me. <laughs> but you know, well, she's the one that encouraged you to finally get some help. She's the one that encouraged help. me to get help. So I, I give her all of the credit. And you know, you could have fought her on that. Yeah, but I knew how serious she was, and I knew that the stakes were high. And, and you knew that your life I, wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, I, th- I think that's you knew true that. too. I knew that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you trusted her enough and, to just receive knew, that and, and take it. I knew I was a workaholic, and I think that that was another one of my coping mechanisms to just kind of get through the pain and everything. It's just to work all the time. And when you work, you have a sense of accomplishment, so it, it gives you um, some bumps and so forth that, that are kind of hard to, to get when you're in this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... So it affected my relationship with my wife. It affected my relationship with my children. I mean, I didn't think that they were horrible, but I, I, I look at it now and I, I just feel like I'm real close friends with every one of my children where I can sit down and oh, talk wow. with them and ask them what's going on in their life and joke with them and everything. And I, I didn't do that much before. It was just mm-hmm. much more formal and kind of stilted. Well, and you mentioned the treadmill. You know, just going through the motions mm-hmm. from day to day. And I, you know, I, I feel like my career was fairly reasonably successful and did a lot of interesting things and so forth. But I look back on it and I think there are a lot of missed opportunities. And I, I think that the, the most difficult part, I, mean, I was always, as an accountant, I, people told me that I was very technically competent Mm-hmm. Um, but and but your, uh, your phone is my going phone off. is just going off. <laughs> Droid. <laughs> I, I, for some you reason, it flips off in the vibrate mode just on its own and just <laughs> takes on its own personality. And, and we do this show live, <laughs> even though it's a podcast and it's pre-recorded. You guys get it fresh. This is how it's falling. Everything that comes along, us. you get it. Yep, the whole package. But you know what? That and that's a good. That's a good uh, example of, of how life goes anyway. You take it as it comes. Yeah. You know? When we come back, we're going to take a break here in just a few seconds. 
When we come back, I want to identify some of the principles that made the biggest difference for you. And this is going to be a fairly hard-hitting kind of a thing because we've already established that this is prevalent. It's out there. It's all over the place. And it's, I think it's just, it's creeping into families and organizations and companies all over the world. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining me for the Live on Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit the website, drpaul.org, where you will be able to sign up for Empower, a quick, inspiring message that will be sent right to your inbox several times a month. Click on the blog link to share your comments and be part of the discussion. You can also pick up powerful information products and stay in touch with upcoming events, all to assist you in creating and living a life that you love. Share Live On Purpose Radio with someone in your life today, and thanks for listening. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. MoreBetterBooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on MoreBetterBooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great, These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. To be what we are and to become what we are capable of becoming is the only end of life. Robert Louis Stevenson Okay, so your phone went off last time, and I started coughing just before we came back in. I think I got that cleared up. <laughs> if I start coughing, Owen, you just take over and run with it, okay? <laughs> Whatever. Here's Okay, so I'm thinking about this, this intriguing story that's coming together, and you share, you share some of the nitty-gritty details in your book about what this was like for you, what this experience... You you were taken to a secured psychiatric unit. Right, when I was 18 years old. At one point. I mean, I, this... I was, yeah, I was having a major depressive episode and with catatonic features. Is that the right so, terminology? It's pretty so, crazy stuff. Yeah. So, lest any of you listeners are thinking that Owen's faking it, no. <laughs> he is legitimately crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Certified. Well, at least you had clinical depression. But here's the, here's the inspiring part of this story to me. 
Okay, and this is what makes your whole story powerful, in my eyes. You identified it. You had a powerful invitation from someone that you love and trust, your wife, right, to step up and do something about it. Because who's going to change this if not you? Right. You realized you couldn't do it yourself. You'd tried that. It didn't work. Right. Right? You're an essential element here, but you're not the only one. Right. Uh, yes, you need help. So getting help from some key professionals uh, was important to you. Support from your family was important to you. Your faith was important to you. There's a lot of elements, and I'd like you to just highlight a little bit for us. As you were rising above the fog, okay, and, and getting to a place that, and I'm hearing from you right now, Owen, that your life is so much better now. It really is. It really is. Not even a comparison. Yeah, it's it's really black and white. It's so literally really rising above the fog where you've got some clarity now, you've got some happiness, you've got some some peace in your life that you didn't have before. And I'm guessing that you still have little little bouts or episodes I where I do, and I have to learn to manage those things mm-hmm. and and try to keep ahead of it. So and and we may get into that a little bit more too, but would you just take a minute to identify for us? What are some of those key factors? What makes the difference? If some, if some of our listeners out there are either struggling with depression themselves or they have someone who's close to them who is, to walk us through this. What, what makes the most powerful differences in your mind? Okay. Well, first, and we've ta- already talked a little bit about this, but mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in psychotherapy. My therapists are mm-hmm. my heroes, among my heroes in my life. And, and some, you know what? You say psychotherapy. That sounds almost like therapy for psychos. Yeah. Well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. And I said a minute ago, you're certifiably crazy. You guys, Owen is a normal guy. <laughs> well, thank you. you. You are. And that's why I want to make a big deal out of this, because psychotherapy sound, sometimes sounds like therapy for psychos. Well, we're all a little psycho, aren't we? Everybody. And those that don't think they are are the ones that... Really, should worry. And, and if you need to call it something else, I've changed in my in my practice. I call it counseling or yeah, consulting that's, now. That's good, just to make it more palatable. But it's the same thing you're talking about. Yeah. And the thing that I found with it is, is my my therapist would tell me that they weren't there to fix me. They were there to help me heal within myself mm-hmm. and to help me understand and discover myself. Right. And and that. That was really cool. And, and one thing that I'd say with that is I didn't hit it off with every counselor that I met with. I think this is, this is a very delicate thing where you have to connect with somebody and, and feel like they understand where you're coming from and well, you're sitting so and everything. vulnerable, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's sometimes I've, I've heard some people say, well, I had a bad experience. And I feel mm-hmm. like saying to them, well... You know, I've had bad experiences with a dentist. Does that mean I'm going to let my teeth rot the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. You know, no. For some people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you find a dentist that you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that, that just that chemistry is, is very critical and very important. So the one thing is, right. is don't give up. If you have a bad experience or somebody that you don't connect with or whatever, don't give up. Keep trying and, and try and, and mm-hmm. find someone and, uh, that that you feel like can really help you. Now, Owen, there's a little difference here between having a professional 
who can consult with you and counsel with you, and having friends right. or family members. Right. And they're both important. Yeah, definitely. But there's a difference, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. What's the difference that you see in having a professional enrolled in your cause versus just going with friends? Well, it's because they have the training, uh, going to school, understanding the just the the functioning of the mind and how it works and some of the uh, things mm-hmm. that, that can happen that get us off track. And they also have had a lot of experience with with people that may have had similar mm-hmm. situations and issues like you have. And mm-hmm. so they, they just have a lot of experience in their, their uh, I like to think of them, they, they have a couple of great skills. One is they're great listeners and know mm. the questions to ask you to pull stuff out of you that you, you may not have even known was there. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, is they just have a lot of insights that to explain um, these things mm-hmm. that we've talked mm-hmm. about, some of the functioning of the brain and some of the disorders and some of the thinking patterns that can sure. go awry. And they're just very good at at doing that. So this is just like the other professionals in your life. My furnace goes out. I'm not calling my dentist. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Or my friend. I'm going to get somebody who's got some experience working with heating and and uh, making sure that that can be done safely. And So we're talking about the same thing. You know, I was thinking as we were making that contrast there between a professional and a friend. Uh, it was one of the Crocodile Dundee movies. Do you remember those? I do. Uh, I, I think I just saw one of them, maybe the first one. Well, there was one, and this is about this guy from Down Under. Who's, he's a pretty rugged cowboy type. You know, He wrestles alligators. And anyway, his girlfriend's trying to explain to him what a psychotherapist is. Do you remember that part? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, somebody who'll sit down and listen to you and give you input and stuff like that. And he says, what's the matter? I haven't got any mates. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the mentality sometimes, you know? Yeah. But this is, what you're talking about is, is using the expertise of other people. And I don't care what this is. I don't care if it's heating and air conditioning, if it's dentistry, or if it's psychology. There are people who are uniquely qualified to assist you with whatever it is you're working on. Yeah. So, and, and without turning this into an infomercial for psychotherapy. <laughs> and by the way, you know, you guys, if you've got something on your mind that, that you've been telling yourself, you know, I really should get some help with that. Or maybe you get some input from someone like Owen's wife. A little Definitely. heads up. Yes. Hey, please just listen to that. Let's get rid of some of the taboos and the stigmas that are attached to this thing and rise above the fog. Yeah. Definitely. Are you in for that? I'm in for it. Um, another Sorry. thing that helped me is medication. And this was mm-hmm. something that actually I started just two or three years ago after many years of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. So, And I look at it as, as really the icing on the, on the cake. Mm. And the th- way that has helped me more than anything else is it just kind of took the edge off in mm-hmm. life. And I'm, I'm a lot less irritable than, than I was mm-hmm. before. And in fact, um, a couple years ago, uh, we were changing insurance companies. And so I thought it wouldn't look good to be taking a, 
uh, an antidepressant, and so I went off mm-hmm. of it for a month. And and my wife persuaded me, and it didn't take you got much some feedback <laughs> that I should get back on right away. So you know I what? did, and I and uh-huh. it it really uh, has made a big impact. And now uh, some uh, some people I understand are impacted by some fairly uh, serious side effects from mm-hmm. them. That has not been my experience. Mm-hmm. I've had almost no side effects, and it's been all up for me. It's been, it's been just Well, here's how you good. can know if you're on the right track with that, because everyone's, everyone's different in the way they respond to these kinds of things. But you'll know you're on track if it's helping you to be you. Yeah, yeah. I hear people all the time, you know, I don't want to be drugged up. I don't want to be a zombie. Well, of course you don't. Right. But what if it helps you to really be you? Yeah, that's a, I haven't heard it explained that way before, but that fits very it's, well. You know, this whole thing, Owen, is a process of getting out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And, and if medication is one of the tools, awesome. If it really helps you to be you and to get out of your own way so that you can show up with all of your gifts and skills and talents. And it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really does. In productivity, in relationships. What would happen if, if companies understood this and, and really did what they could to facilitate the mental health of everyone in their organization. What would happen to, to the bottom line? Oh, if that I, yeah, I, I think that it can have a very significant impact on the bottom line. You're an accountant. You talk about bottom lines, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, there have been some studies done, and I, I don't have the figures right in front of mm-hmm. me to cite mm-hmm. them, but um, mental illness as far as productivity negative impacts on absenteeism, presenteeism when you're there, but mm-hmm. you're not very effective. Lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had <laughs> days like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't tell my past employers. Um, <laughs> they probably noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that has a very big impact. On the other hand, if you address these things, mm-hmm. I, I believe that you can be even more effective, mm-hmm. not in spite of the mental illness challenges, but because of them. I mean, you look at some of the great leaders of the world, mm-hmm. um, Abraham Lincoln, Winston Churchill, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., they all suffered from serious mental illness. Mm-hmm. But as, from what I understand of their lives, they recognized it, and for the periods that they were living, they tried to get, they tried to get help and they tried to manage it. And so they were able to, I believe, rise above their circumstances, and it, and it taught and them... Um, when you say mental illness, and yeah. not, not to cut you off, but yeah. I'm, I'm thinking there's, there's a picture of that that probably pops into people's minds. We're not talking about running buck naked down State Street screaming your head off. We're not talking that kind of mental illness. We're talking depression, anxiety, yeah. just yeah. being in the fog. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it that that's really true. You're really right. On the other hand, I really hate all of the stigmas around this. I, I have a neighbor mm-hmm. who has severe schizophrenia and is mm-hmm. is very dysfunctional in his life. And yeah, and darn it, you know, he's doing the best that he can. His 
think that schizophrenia is generally inherited. It's not anything that he did or his parents did or anything right. like that. And I think that we need to give everybody a break. And I, I have a little bit of problems when people like to segregate. Well, well, you're you're okay mentally ill, and you're wacko crazy <laughs> mentally ill. It's all just a big, it's a big continuum. And yeah. some people are blessed with very little, and some are blessed with very severe cases. Do you have but the good kind, yeah. But we're all in this together, and we all need yeah. to treat each other like we're all Human sons beings. and daughter of God, and 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 the, everybody everybody deserves dignity and respect. And I'm sorry. Now I got up on my soapbox there. <laughs> Good. I was hoping I could goad you a little bit into that. You got me. So uh, okay. So here's what I like about what you're doing, Owen. You wrote a book. Okay. Right. And this is your way of saying, look. Here's here's Owen Ashton, and whatever. Whatever you appear to be on the outside, inside is a human being who's got some very common experiences and a very common struggle with this depression thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not hopeless. You can improve. You can rise above, above the fog. Right. And that's a powerful message. And I'm so grateful that you and others like you are willing to speak up about this thing. Let's quit hiding it in a closet somewhere and just see that there are some answers. And you've identified some in your book. You've got a website, too. Right, owenashton.com. Owen Ashton, that's O-W-E-N-A-S-H-T-O-N. Right. Owenashton.com. We'll put a link up on our blog site so that people can get to that. What are people going to find on your website? Um, Find out more about the book and find Mm -hmm. out about... uh, my speaking and some of my topics, and then I do some consulting too, and uh, some stuff about that. So, which this is cool too, because here's a guy from the dog eat dog corporate America background, and you're as a as a CPA, you're often responsible for accounting for that bottom line. I mean, this is how what drives business decisions, and you're out there talking about something that probably has a bigger impact on the bottom line than people are willing to acknowledge. Yeah, and it's not just a touchy-feely, loosey-goosey thing that some people right. like to talk about. It has bottom line effects, not only on people, but on, on companies, on organizations, too. Absolutely. And as that plays out on families and communities in our whole world. Yes. Thank you, Owen, for joining me today at Live you know, On Purpose Radio. It's been a pleasure. It has been fun. Thank you for inviting me, and I, I hope this is beneficial to somebody out there. I'm sure that it will be. Everybody go out there and live on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>